You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul explains that shepherd culture has no settlements because there is no settling, and therefore, no buildings. Did you get that? No buildings. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. So let's move to the following chapter, chapter 17, and we have this very interesting story of the water out of the rock, which is not expected, you know, the rock. Now you can tell me in the mountain we found fountains, but that's not the story because the water comes from the rock when God asks Moses to strike the rock. So it is presented as, the way we refer to it, a miracle. It's not natural as water in the mountain that comes out of a fountain. So you have to relay the story and not take the people to a mountain in the state of Colorado and show them how the water flows. So I don't understand those silly people, the Israelites in the wilderness of Sinai. That's not the point. You have to hear the story in its context and not how the North American hears it in their Bible study where each one starts reflecting his or her own experience. That's how most of the sermons I hear in North America go about. The preacher goes in an aside to share with you his experience or her experience. It doesn't work that way. But I've been saying this for tens of years, so what can I do? I can only meet now and then with Mark Bulos and Richard Benton and tape my podcast with the hope that someday people would hear. You know, I like the podcast because it stresses the hearing. Although now and then I keep asking you to take notes because you are used to that. So the story, we can go quickly over it. And the people complained, why did you take us out of Egypt? Can you imagine? After a few days, they forgot the trouble in which they were and they started crying to God to save them. But God will explain this in the book of Leviticus. You were fooled because you thought that I freed you from the slavery of Egypt, which you hear all over, especially in North America in the sermons. But I've never heard, except from my own lips, that God said, I freed you from the slavery of Egypt to make you 
my slaves. You will never hear. It's impossible. Because it destroys the building. The people are building up a la story of Genesis chapter 11. You could see this in the tradition of European and North American churches, not Orthodox, but Catholics and Protestants, where you have always a spire going all the way up. Orthodox are still silly, but they are a little bit smarter. They say, no, it is the heaven that comes down over us in a dome. Just listen to the Orthodox and listen to the Catholics trying to defend their own theology of Christian architecture. I mean, are you kidding me? That's why in the Renaissance, especially in Italy, they went back to the domes. It's a big joke. Because you're building in the wilderness especially, just imagine that you are following a trek in the wilderness for 40 years. Even if you build something, you're not going to use it because you're moving. But you're moving with your tents that are supposed to follow the tent of God, which is the tent of the testimony. It's a powerful picture. The only people who can understand what you're saying and accept it, and I want to quote me on that, even if you're not convinced, just say, Father Paul says so. Are the children between six and ten? And you're going to hear it time and again on my podcast. Forget about the babies and the teenagers that are already stupid and the more stupid who are the adults. Concentrate on the children between 6 and 10. And trust me, you will feel joy and delight because you will see that some people are not arguing with you because they understood and were convinced of what you were telling them. They process it through their unadulterated mind. Yes, it makes sense. If you're moving in the wilderness for 40 years, from one point to another, not going back and forth, then why build? And that's why in the shepherd culture you have no buildings. The shepherd moves with his flock from one place to another. Very central, friends. So, there are no settlements because there is no settling. Let me go back to that other word from Halak, which is Ithalek, which is that even when you are in the dry land of the promise, 
you have to keep going back and forth as the shepherd does. And thus, you have to live in your build-up cities, like in the twin cities today, as a shepherd and a flock lived. Not live now, I don't know. You have a lot of cities in the Syrian wilderness. But then, from oasis to oasis. And that, my friends, cannot comprehend and accept, except a child between six and ten. Because they use, you have to quote me correctly, healthily imagination. Before six, we say that the child does not have a mind. So that's why I concentrate on six to ten. They perceive and imagine through their mind and they capture. And the Lord was good to me and he had his writer write this extra statement on the lips of Jesus that these things were hidden and Jesus took it from Paul, obviously, from 1 Corinthians, were hidden to the wise and was revealed to the babies and children. Powerful! Powerful! Okay, God asked Moses to take in your hand, in verse 5, the rod with which you struck the Nile and strike the rock. There you go. It is always the rod of God, the shepherd. And this locality was referred to as Massa and Meribah. Meribah is from the root bitter, same as Mara, and the other one from Nasa to raise, and then I discussed it in my book, that other meaning is teaching. It's like when you teach, you speak from above to the people. Okay? So without going too much in detail here, because you need to know Hebrew, you have the two names combined together. And when you combine them, you realize that in his teaching, which is the scriptural text, God or the writer is reminding you how you embittered God with your disobedience. And then you have the story of the fight with Amalek, which is translated as Amalek, with a K in English, but in Hebrew you have a cough. And these are, as we shall hear later, mighty huge people, uh, scholars connect them with the Nephilim and so on, whatever you want to say about that. But you have to take it from the story and how you parse it, you can ask Richard Benton, but for the time being, I would suggest that it is made from the combination of Am, which is the people, and Lamed Kof, which are the two first letters of the verb laqah, to take, and thus the people are greedy. But what is interesting, that it's mentioned now with the story 
of Israel is that it reflects the situation of Israel that they are no better than Amalekites because the Amalekites are mighty powerful and then want to take everything but the non-mighty Israel at least in this story of the wilderness still wants to do its own will and decide for itself which makes it equal to the Amalekites Amalek and the connection is made according to me now you can debate that so I'm suggesting it through the first part of the word Am people The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network